Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We all, most of us anyway, like heroes and strong men. They might be superheroes like we see in the movies. Marvel Comics has put some interesting ones onto the screens of our living rooms. Captain America, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and with surround sound, boom. Those are a few of our favorites at my house. I was introduced to Batman and Robin in the mid-60s, and some of you might remember the Lone Ranger before that, but that's a bit of a shadow for me. I, I believe Batman was the first for TV, was the first, with the introduction of the two-night serial. The first night ended with the heroes in some perilous situation at the hands of the Riddler, Penguin, or Joker, and you saw the conclusion the following night and the at the same bat time and on the same bat channel. Logic should have told you they would win, otherwise the series was dead, and the producers and advertisers were not about to let that happen. Genius. To repeat the, the formula over and over. When heroes do what heroes do, defeat evil, especially real-life heroes, we rarely find a throng of people demanding that they do it again, or repeat, or perform some other great feat or sign to prove themselves. We don't ask firefighters to go running into another building to pull out an infant out, or a police officer to run toward more gunfire simply to test them. Their actions speak to who they are, even if we did not see it with our own eyes. We trust the witnesses that did see but this is precisely where Jesus finds himself after casting the demon out of a man that made him mute. People marveled, but others, even seeing the miracle, questioned the authority by which he did this miraculous work. They accused him of casting out demons in the name of Beelzebul, the prince of demons, Satan. Others wanted a sign from heaven that would prove his heavenly authority. I am guessing that the man whom the demon left and those close to him were not among those seeking more evidence. Why did others demand more? It's interesting that this text follows closely behind Jesus teaching his disciples the prayer he prayed to his Father, the Lord's Prayer. And in it, they and we with them pray, lead us not into temptation. We pray that God would keep us from the temptations of the devil the world and our sinful nature. He desires this prayer from us. Those that demanded more signs and miracles from heaven, ones they would define by the way themselves, were simply doing Satan's work, the same work he did in the wilderness with Jesus. Show me a sign. Prove who you are. Bow down to my wishes. Satan knew who was before him. We see from Scripture that even the demons that Jesus cast out knew who he was, even when the people following were unaware or unsure. The temptation is to be skeptical, to not, not, to not trust, and to demand some proof of Jesus' power in a sign one wishes to define, versus trusting in his word, holy scripture, and the testimony of the signs recorded there that were seen. It's a first commandment issue. 
fear, love, and trust. Jesus knows the thoughts of those that are against him. He came to save sinners and reveal the thoughts of those that would not believe. In Luke 2.35, Simeon, upon beholding the infant, Jesus said that the thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. Their skepticism and unbelief would be exposed. This is what we see happening. Jesus is seeking and gathering his sheep as he does miracles and acts of mercy. He's gathering the church. And the devil and those doing his work are seeking to scatter those in the church, scare it off. What greater damage could be done to someone's reputation than to slander them with falsehood, falsehood that caused weak followers to turn away and not believe? There is always that point in any superhero movie where it seems the superhero is not so uh, super. As a matter of fact, it may appear that they just might end up being supper, Daniel in the lion's den, versus super. Daniel, great biblical and actual superhero of the faith who trusted God while staring death in the face. Jesus knows he is headed to that place too, death, where it will look like all is lost, and he knows the hearts of those around him. This was stated after the feeding of the 5,000 when they came to him seeking more bread. He knew they wanted only bread and another sign, not life and salvation. He knew their confession. We have all lived this moment when we are confronted with facts that demand a confession, a statement of loyalty. We hear it called by some a come-to-Jesus meeting. Possibly have you experienced one at work or at school or with your spouse. It is a meeting where there is no wiggle room. If you don't like the assessment being made about your position before the one calling the meeting, things are unlikely to turn out well for you. A guilty person's hearing before a judge is a good example of a come-to-Jesus meeting, as would be someone being called before their employer or professor for a performance review when things are not up to par, or even double bogey. Let's just say far below expectations. We get this phrase from the fact that to meet Jesus, either in person, as those in 30 to 33 AD did, or through his word as it is preached, heard, and read, leaves one with a very alarming situation. And Jesus himself states it to those confronting him. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He is telling them, it is right here before your eyes and in your very ears. Believe. The finger of God he refers to is that same finger of God spoken of by Pharaoh's magicians when they could not explain the miracles done by Moses in the name of God. Miracles meant to show the Egyptians that the kingdom of God was near and with God's people that they were to release. It left Pharaoh and those confronting Jesus after the casting out of the mute demon and all who hear the gospel with the same dilemma. Jesus is either an agent of Satan or the God-man, the very Son of God come into creation to redeem it. 
Funny that I do not recall any modern-day Satanists claiming Christ as their own. They, in fact, revile him. They give credence to who he is. Otherwise, why be so hostile? Same goes for agnostics. They both have confessed their belief in the one true God with their very hatred of him. In God's word, Holy Scripture, we behold the man, the God in flesh that is man, that is the superhero of superheroes. And hearing the truth of his word demands a confession. Upon hearing God's law, law that must be kept perfectly if one is to claim righteousness or right standing before God, one must put their faith in self, self-righteousness, or in Jesus as the righteousness he has purchased for us with his blood, death, and resurrection. It is in baptism that Jesus cleanses the house that is our hearts. He creates a right spirit within us and gives us faith in what he has done for us. Before one is baptized, the questions are asked, do you renounce the devil? You say, yes, I renounce him. Do you renounce all his works? Yes, I renounce them. Do you renounce all his ways? Yes, I renounce them. Following this is the confession of the creed and affirmation of its truth. The object from that point on is catechesis, hearing God's word and keeping it. Keeping one's faith in Christ versus ignoring, not hearing, or worse of all, despising God's word. It is a lifelong endeavor, not something that begins when a child can form words and thoughts of their own and ends with eighth grade and entry into high school. God's word, hearing it, feeding on it, meditating on it, this bestows what it says, faith in Christ. This is what happens in the first half of the baptismal rite that we normally have at the back of the church, the marvelous gift of faith in Christ and how it is, rece how it is received is taught via text from Scripture. It is then confessed at the font. It would seem that for those that lived at the time of Jesus' earthly ministry, when he walked among men, the confession would have been an easy one. But we see the opposite. Many turned away or were not swayed from the start, the Pharisees being the latter, and the former being many who turned away when Jesus began to speak of his body being the bread of life. Skepticism, the tool of the devil, crept in and stole their faith. After faith in the promise of a Savior being fulfilled, or faith in Jesus as the Savior, after having seen him and when in the acts of mercy and healing that testified to who he was, many were even there when, in this, in this case, day three of the story, not day two or evening two, like Batman, played out, and Jesus proved himself to be the Son of God and his sacrifice sufficient by his resurrection problem was they wanted to judge and not be judged. Lead us not into temptation. Christians should pray this unceasingly, daily, that God the Father, for the sake of His Son, would keep us from being tempted to judge His Word versus simply believing it and keeping it. 
That is to trust in it. We need strength to fight when we are tempted. He gives this very thing as we hear and learn His Word and learn of His perfect and loving will for our lives. This includes many come-to-Jesus meetings where we meet Him in His Word and hear what may be some difficult things, things we may not fully understand. Why does this or that have to be sin? Why does, it seem, why does it not seem so bad to me or a lot of other people? That was then, and well, this is now, and we have learned a great deal about ourselves since the time of those old people in the Bible. We fail to simply take God, this Jesus, at His Word and to trust it. Skepticism creeps in and we doubt the Word of God, some even all of it because they can't reconcile what God says with what they judge to be the truth. The answer, honestly, is the prayer of one father that wanted to see his son healed. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Have mercy on me. Help me to point my judgmental skepticism not at your word, but at my own sinful heart and examine it based on your truth. Help me not to call into question the superhero and his work on the cross to save me, a mere mortal. Help me to behold the man who has taken away my sin and the sin of the whole world. Help me to live in the third day where I see the open tomb, the resurrected Christ, and the resurrection and eternal life he has given to me in my baptism. Help me to see Jesus and to fear, love, and trust God above all else that by the power of His mighty Word, that Jesus Christ, that is Jesus Christ, my heart may be kept in Him with no room for the devil, his lies, skepticism, and doubt. This is God's good and gracious will for me and you as His children, that we hear His Word, receive His sacrament, believe and have faith, have, and have life and faith, even as we walk in a wilderness of death. He has given us His Son as our real-life superhero that is always with us to protect us from every danger. All He asks is that we fear, love, and trust Him above all things. And when we find that difficult or fail at it miserably, we simply behold the man. See Jesus, who has done it perfectly for us and in our stead and place, our faith in Him. Amen.